Women Make Waves is an NC Fit podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Women Make Waves podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay, and today, Ariel, Laura, and myself are sitting down with the notorious bastard that is Mindy Chin. This conversation is so cool. Mindy is such a force, such a badass, just everything that you could ever possibly imagine coming from this tattooed goddess. She's the founder of Notorious Bastard. She's also a competitive weightlifter. And we talk all about being true to yourself and breaking stereotypes and traditions in today's episode. We talk about the launch of Notorious Bastards. We talk about how to quit people pleasing and bring it back to authenticity. This conversation is just so, so cool. We have linked all the ways to get a hold of Mindy in the show notes. And while you're there, go ahead and leave a five-star rating and review for today's show. We cannot wait to have your reviews come in. We read every single one. They warm our hearts and they allow us to continue to get epic guests like Mindy on the show. Also, stick around for the end of this show for a little bit of extra, a little bit of behind the scenes, and a whole lot of laughing from the ladies and Mindy. Enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of Women Makes Waves. I am your host, Ariel. I'm here with Lindsay and Laura, and we are here today with Mindy. Hey. And, hey. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> We're super excited to have you on the show. We've just been literally catching up for the past 20-ish, almost 30 minutes just talking. Um, So I'm super excited to have you on today. And we love kicking off the show with the question, how are you making waves? And And I know we had talked about it prior to recording, but I'm super excited for your answer. So Mindy, how are you making waves? (laughs) Yeah, so... I interpreted that as uh, a very internal question. So how am I making waves for myself? And I think, I think all throughout my entire life, I've always just been taking a look at where I am and deciding if I'm happy or not. And if I wasn't, like, what can I do to have a better tomorrow? And if it was something that wasn't necessarily like a popular opinion or if it wasn't going to make like my family or my friends happy, I always just thought, Matthew, stop it. He's spying at me, like, through the window. Sorry about that. But I always just thought, like, why am I going to let someone else's opinions dictate what I'm doing with my life? Like, it doesn't make any sense. And so how I'm making waves is just by doing exactly that, doing exactly what I want to do, regardless of what other people are expecting me to do. And that can be difficult coming from, like a very traditional Asian household where (laughs) my parents and my grandparents, because we lived with them at the time, um, they all had these very specific ideas of what they wanted me to be doing with my life, with my appearance, with my, with my weight, with my mannerisms, the words that I chose to use, um, things like that. And needless to say, I uh, didn't listen to a single word that they said because it wasn't me. Like I didn't want to grow up and be this, like boring carbon copy of like the next girl, you know, like it, it's just not like the life that I was meant to live. So I went and got tattoos. Like that's, that was very big for me. Um, even in high school, like I didn't do any sports because my mom said no, but jokes on her, I would go and skateboard every single day after school. 
Uh, and at the time, I think that there were, you know, maybe not so many female skateboarders, especially like just in high school. Um, that was a big part of my like personality development, like just something that taught me about myself. Like I don't need to follow what everyone else is doing. I don't need to do what everyone else is doing. I'm just going to do me. And if people don't like it, like, honestly, fuck them. <laughs> just make waves, right? Just make waves for yourself. But sorry, I don't mean to ramble or anything. Um, and then like, I think the second part of the question is like, how am I making waves for other people? And that really is difficult for me to answer because I don't know what other people's perceptions of me are, but based on like previous experiences from like people uh, messaging me on Instagram, asking me like, hey, as an Asian American, how did you tell your parents you were gonna get tattooed? How did you tell your parents you were gonna quit your job? How did you tell your parents that you were gonna do X, Y, and Z? Um, I think just living my life proudly and being stoked about life I think that in itself is making waves for a lot of people who might be in the shoes that I was in five, 10 years ago, where I wasn't living my life to its fullest capabilities because I was just scared. So I think you hit the nail on the head because for so many people, they live in this like space of fulfilling everyone else's expectations and kind of putting their life, their wants, their desires on the back burner just because it can be uncomfortable to tell the people that you love who do have your best interests in mind. It can be really hard to tell them no, and that you know better for you than they maybe do. Um, so when you had said that you weren't really sure how you were making waves for people like that to me is the quint, like that is it. So many people, when we ask them the question, they start with how they're making an impact for others. And I love that you started with like, I'm actually just focusing on me and how I can make sure that I'm, living in my truest self and showing up my most authentically um, in order to be able to be that person for others. Um, and it can be really hard, I think, for people when they get so wrapped up in like, well, this person's doing this and this person's doing this. Like, I don't know what I should be doing. And really it's like, well, have you looked internally and asked like, what do you want to be doing? So when you started, because you had just mentioned that you like made a shift at some point in your life to make sure that you were living true to you and true to what you wanted. Was that a, when was that? And was it like a really big shift for you or was it like slowly just accumulating? Um, I don't know the confidence to like make more decisions that way. So I would say I probably had three or four big shifts in my life that kind of steered me towards the life that I live now. And the first of them was probably when I hit high school. Like I was always a good student, you know, I got pretty good grades and I was like, I never caused any problems. But once I hit high school, I kind of, you know, made different friends. And then I realized like I want to skateboard and my parents had a big, big opposition to it. They were like, like, this is coming from the parents that were like, no, you shouldn't run track and field because what if your legs get big? Like, like they were just very, um, they wanted me to, um, uh, like, not do any sports ever at all. And so, like, in high school, I really, really wanted to skateboard. I don't know what it was. I think I was watching, like, old videos of, like, Letitia Bufani and was like, fuck yeah, this girl rips. And so I saved up all my money. I bought my own skateboard, didn't tell my parents. And I was just like, peace. Like, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to do my own thing. And you guys can, like, uh, go do your parent things. I don't know. And uh, we had a lot of fights about it. A lot of arguments, lots of, like, 
my mom not understanding why I would want to do something so horrible like skateboarding after school. Like that was a, that was a big defining moment for me. And I think it was really through that experience. Like it sounds so stupid. Like I, I realized how like dumb this might sound for someone else listening to this and being like, okay, what's the big deal? Like you want to go skateboard. But like for me, it was like, I was living under my parents' roof. I had to follow their rules and I wasn't, and I wasn't going to stop. And I knew it. Like I knew that I wasn't going to stop. And so I just feel like I was very tormented as this like little high schooler thinking, do I want to just like stop skateboarding and like live a quieter life with my parents and not argue every day? Or am I going to really just miss out on this opportunity to do something really cool while I'm young? And uh, I basically just didn't stop. And it made my relationship with my parents really difficult, but it was such a learning experience for me. And I went all throughout high school. I graduated high school, turned 18. I moved the fuck out. And looking back, I wouldn't change a single thing because if I had let my parents like overwhelming, overwhelming, like, uh, opinion about this, stop me from doing what I was doing. I would probably today resent them and be really regretful of myself for not doing things like that. So I think that that was like one of the first like major barriers that I made through my life where I was like, okay, I'm learning something about myself. And it's that I am very stubborn. I'm not good at listening to people and I'm going to do what the fuck I want. Um, The second big part of this is when I made a decision to drop out of college and join the army. So this was tough because I think my parents were excited that I was even like in college, even though I was going for graphic design and my parents didn't recognize that as like a job. They were just kind of like, oh, like you like drawing. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's, it's a little bit more than that. And for them, they're just like, if you're not, if you're not like an engineer, if you're not a doctor, then um, you're kind of just like loitering. So the fuck are you doing? You know? Um, Anyway, so here I am now, fast forward, I'm still skateboarding, by the way, (laughs) but I'm going to school for graphic design, and I'm doing, like, pretty okay at it, and at some point, I was really close to getting, like, my associate's degree, and, you know, when you get an associate's degree, you're kind of at this fork in your life where you're, like, do I want to continue this education and get a bachelor's degree in this field, or do I want to pivot and, like, do something else, and so I was at this fork, and I was, like, I'm tired of school, I don't want to do any of this. And at the time, my brother had just come back from basic training where he was a 68 whiskey for the U.S. Army. And a 68 whiskey is basically like a combat medic. And he was telling me all about like how cool it is. Like he was telling me about how the Army is going to help him pay for his college. And just like it just did a lot for him. So I went and talked to a recruiter and literally I walked into an office on Monday, took the ASVAB. And on Friday, I had like just signed up. I was like, cool, sign me up. Like, I'm a down ass bitch. Like, let's go, you know? Um, so joining the army and breaking the news to my parents that I had dropped out of school to do this was like, very, very big in my life. Like, it was just one of those conversations. Like, it was worse than, have you ever had to break up with someone, but they're like the nicest person ever and they didn't do anything wrong for you or to you but you just know that it's not gonna work out and so you just have to break this bad news it was just like that with my parents but maybe worse because I just knew they were gonna fight me about it they fight me about everything I do in my life um didn't stop me though so I just like broke the news to them they were really upset and I shipped out 
uh, became a biomedical engineer, came back from the army, and then I got a job at Stanford Hospital in the Bay Area in California. And after that, my parents were cool. They were finally like, okay, so like you have your life together, like finally, you know, um, still not really stoked about any particular thing I was doing at any given time. Um, but this is like another big moment for me is I had finally, like in my parents' eyes, I had finally settled down and then I quit my job and I told, I called my parents and I was like, Hey, I quit my job and, um, I'm going to run this apparel company called Notorious Bastards. And they were like, what? <laughs> like, what the fuck, you know? Um, but yeah, just going back to like the big moments that kind of led me to where I am now. I think those three are kind of significant to me in terms of like just my character development and just me learning a lot about myself, what I'm willing to do to kind of break out of this shell of like what people are expecting me to do and what people want me to do. And in some ways, I think it's, it can be kind of selfish. Like it can be really selfish for someone to want you to do something because it makes them comfortable, puts them at ease. Like for my parents, it could be like, uh, it could be perceived as kind of selfish, I think, for them to be like, oh, well, it would make us feel more comfortable if you had a steadier job. Like, well, sorry, like no one said you guys had to stress out about what I'm doing. Like, I don't ask you guys for money. I don't ask you guys for anything, really. I'm doing my own things. Like I pay my own bills. I have this house now. I've got like a wonderful fiance. Like my life is pretty okay. <laughs> so just like chill, like, you know, but that basically is my whole attitude towards anyone, anyone that wants to chime in and say like, oh, well, I think you should do this. And I'm like, well, the cool thing about that is like, I'm not living my life to fucking impress you. Mm -hmm. So I think make ways. <laughs> so make ways. <laughs> I love that mentality though, because it, um, it can feel really uncomfortable to tell someone that you love that you're going to do something outside of what they want for you to do. And like, it can be even more uncomfortable for you to do something that they explicitly say they don't want you to do because it's, it's coming from a place of love. And sometimes it may not feel that way, obviously. And even our no sometimes doesn't feel like it's coming from a place of love, but it is like you said, like you are going to resent them if you didn't follow the things that were lighting you up. So what's worse, you living this life based off of what they want for you and resenting them for it, or now you can love them, be present with them, and know still that, you know, you're doing something in your best interest. And exactly. And I and think I that doing things, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just wanted to like quickly put in a little asterisk in what you were saying, but like, I, I honestly think that, focusing on me and doing what's best for my interests can then be outwardly interpreted from like people looking in and people can just interpret it as like, wow, this person is in the same shoes that I'm in where I'm growing up in maybe like a strict household or I'm growing up in a situation where my parents have like all of these expectations for me. But like this chick went and just did whatever the fuck she wanted to do. Like she just went and just went for it, you know? And I hope that by me living my life the way that I am, I am inspiring others to do the same thing because it's like the biggest shame, in my opinion, for someone to be given one chance at this thing called life and then spend the entire time trying to please others. I don't know. So um, I've had like similar experiences to what you're chatting about, like I'm varying degrees, but like 
something for me that was really hard is like when you're kind of veering off that set path that others have for you there, I mean, they obviously meet you with that type of like, this is wrong. You're wrong. And for me, it was like internalizing that, like I'm wrong. Like th th this is the wrong path. Like what I'm doing is wrong. I'm letting people down. Um, and as I've gotten older, it's just been like realizing like, Hey, like that's their shit. Like that, and exactly what you were saying, like that is their outlook on life. And like just yes. having empathy there and being like, I'm accepting that that's the way that he or she views my path. Cool for them. Maybe they'll come around. I'm just going to like do it anyway. Right. So I feel like that's where, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, but like where people get stuck is like, oh, if I'm not going to college, then like this person, that person, that person thinks it's wrong. So like I am wrong. This is bad. You know what I mean? It's like, how do you like get through that? Yeah. So I've had plenty of times in my life where I had to sit down and literally make a list like pros and cons of me doing whatever I want versus me not doing what I want. And like the pros list was always like this Iliad of like, just like bullet point after bullet point up the bullet point, like pros, I'll be happy pros. I'm setting myself for a better future pros. Like I'm doing what uh, I've always wanted to do since I was a kid, like pros, I'm exploring my dreams. Cons, my parents might be mad at me. Like, wham. And like, every time I really think about it and put it into this pers perspective of like a one-year plan, a five-year plan, a 10-year plan, if I didn't do what I wanted to do and just followed what my parents wanted me to do, what am I gonna be doing a year from now? I'm gonna be in the exact same shoe because, or in the exact same boat, shoe. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be in a shoe. No, 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 I'm gonna be in the exact same boat because I never had this like defining moment in my life where I stood up to my parents and then proved them wrong, like proved to them that I can, that I'm capable of doing what I want, making my own choices and coming out the other side as still like a successful law abiding citizen, like a good person. And so if you never just push through this hardship of like this constant pressure from like others, you're never, you're just never going to get past it. And so like every decision that you make moving forward with your life, you're going to run into the exact same barrier of people that are like, oh, but we want this for you. So if you just push through it one time, it's going to be difficult. But the next time you're making a decision and maybe your family and friends are like, oh, we kind of don't think that's the best for you. Uh, you've already been through it. You've done it before and you know exactly what it's going to be like. So it'll be easier for you to stick up to them again and be like, well, I really think that I deserve, you know, to give this a chance. And if it doesn't work out, then you're right. Like I shouldn't have done it, but at least I tried, And at least I'm learning from it. Yeah. I talk to my clients a lot, like boundary setting 101, right? Through your entire life, people have put you in this box and labeled it Mindy or Ariel or Laura. And the second you start acting in a way that is not in alignment with what is in that box, it freaks everyone else around you out. Like yes. I couldn't expect you to do that. And it makes them very uncomfortable. So it's very, very easy for us to fall into people pleasing or codependence and be like, Oh, let me caretake your needs. I won't follow through on this thing. That's really setting my heart on fire because I want to like keep homeostasis and like make sure you feel okay. Right. And it sounds like over time you have like honed this skill of being like, mm, nope, this is me. This is how I'm acting. This is what I'm doing because long-term that's what's sustainable, right? Acting in alignment is sustainable, not 
doing the one thing because it would please your parents. But when you go back to thinking about making that decision to skate or making that decision to join the military early on in these kind of like earth shaking decisions in, in your familial world, what kind of things did you tell yourself or what pep talk did you give yourself before going into these really hard conversations with arguably some of like the most influential people in your life? Oh my goodness, the pep talks. The pep talks are a combination of like, yeah, Mindy, you got this. You're the best in the world. You got this. Like, you can do anything. And then it's also a combination of like, but like, maybe they have a point. Like, <laughs> you know, like it, it would make sense that an adult would probably know a little bit more about life than you do and um, probably have some pretty good input or input. But for some reason, the voice in my head, that was always like, you have to just try it. Like, you just have to try it. Just give it one go. And if it doesn't work out, then like, just pretend it never happened and like move forward with your life and like, don't tell anyone. Like, um, I've always just told myself that if I didn't at least try, I was just going to hate myself. I was just going to live a life of regret. And I just didn't want to do that. And I think part of like, part of that is coming from watching my parents live a lifestyle like that, where I mean, obviously, this is I, this is very generational for coming from like an Asian um, household where, you know, your your higher ups, they have expectations of you, your parents are going to have expectations of you. And then you live your life a certain way. And then you have kids and you have expectations for them. And I feel like it just goes down the food chain until it hit me. And I was the one that was like, actually, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want, I don't want to just like be another car- carbon copy of you. Like, um, and that was, that line of thinking is really just what made me want to just stick up to my parents because I see the way that they live where my parents talk about all the time. Like they talk about, oh, like, oh, do this when you're young because when you're older and like things like that. And I'm like, okay, but like, where the fuck were you when you were young? Like, why didn't you do this? Oh, cause your parents told you not to like, are you happy with that decision now as a grown ass person? So I don't want to be a grown ass person and like looking back at my life and being like, damn, I wish I would have done this when I was young. Cause now I'm, you know, whatever adult age and living a life of regret. hate that so much because you can do anything at any time. Right. Like when people say that and like uh, to you, I like, I get so much anxiety and also so much anger because I'm like, I can do whatever the fuck I want when I'm 60 years old. Thank you. Like I can go go to France. I can climb a mountain. Like I plan on doing whatever I want until I just like fall apart. Like, I'm sorry. Like there's no reason to have that mindset. Yeah. I was imagining like like, a Lord of the Rings, like Mindy breaker of chains. (laughs) (laughs) When you said you were in the shoe, I just imagined you popping out of a Doc Martin and I was trying so hard. get it out of my mind but that's that's amazing (laughs) so like English was my second language so like I'm not the best with like common like American jargon like phrasing and stuff like that so like have you seen um what movie is it is it Boondock Saints when he's like trying to say uh like a common phrase but he ends up saying like why don't you make like a tree and get the fuck out or something and it like makes no sense but like you can tell that he was he was trying, like the gears were turning in his head, just didn't come out of his mouth right. I feel like that's exactly what happens with me where like, I recall like a, like a cool, funny slogan from like a movie or something. And then when it comes time to execute, my mouth is just like, 
Like just I live my life that way. I almost get them right. I will like almost, almost get the quote right and <laughs> never nail it. But I say it with so much confidence that it takes like a solid few more sentences for people to be like, wait, Lynn's like, that's, that's not it. Didn't like, make sense. The other day I was like, I guess the phrase is like, you made your bed, now you have to lay in it. I was like, he dug his grave, now he needs to lay in it. My friend was like, that is the most morbid thing I've ever heard. But it made so much sense in my head. As long as it's not like it worked out. <laughs> okay, so you said something and I don't want to skip over it because I thought it was super cool. And it was about how your parents basically lived based off of how their parents raised them. And I think that this is something that we forget so often is like we put our parents on so much of a a pedestal, like they're supposed to know everything and they're supposed to like have all the answers. And I think about it and like, I think about the age that my mom was when she had me. And I think about how I'm going to be that age soon. And like, I to myself still feel like I don't know anything. So when I think about my parents, I'm really just thinking about human beings who maybe don't have all the answers because they're also just trying to figure it out. And that made a huge shift, at least for me with my parents in my relationship with them when I learned and finally realized that they don't have all the answers because they're also just trying to figure it out the same way we are. And I didn't want to skip over that because I think that's such a cool thing. And it's so liberating to look at your parents that way instead of looking at them as like, well, why don't you have all the answers? Like you are supposed to know better for me. I remember the exact moment in my life when I realized that my parents were just like bigger versions of me and that they're not these perfect all-knowing beings. And that's when I was, I was maybe like four or five and my mom, my poor mother who doesn't speak English at all so she doesn't read English and is just not good at English um my poor mother went out and she bought this um alarm clock like a digital alarm clock one that you put on your nightstand because iPhones weren't a thing yet and she was trying to set the alarm clock for like a certain time and it started off with like her kind of looking at the pictures on the instructions and kind of fiddling with the buttons to like 30 minutes later full-blown having like a midlife crisis because she couldn't figure it out. And that was the moment for little five-year-old me where I was like, oh, she's just like me. Like, she's also just trying to figure things out. And like, when you don't understand things, you just smash them. And that's when I was like, okay, I got this. I can grow up and just feel comfortable knowing that like, I'm still going to have these moments where I have no clue what I'm doing, but like my mom's doing okay. So like, I'll be okay. And if I'm not, I'll just like smash it. Just smash things that you don't understand, like car parts and math. No, I'm just kidding. You can't smash math. (laughs) Math. (laughs) I wish you could, though. Math is not my strong suit. So that's a really profound thing to understand and to learn at such a young age. And I feel like if more of us were able to just look at the people around us, our parents, our other family members, even like other people in our communities – the same way that like, okay, they don't actually have all the answers and that's okay. And if they can, like, if they've gotten to where they are, I can figure it out too. And I feel like that is such a powerful thing, especially because I know that you built a business and being someone like I am someone who's building a business too. And this has been something really 
cool because a lot of people get stuck in like, oh, well, they're doing what I want to do, so I can't also do it. But it, your mentality, if you like, if I'm, I'm kind of reaching a little bit, but I would assume this is how you are. Like <laughs> you see someone else doing something and you're like, oh, that's bomb. I'm going to do it too. That's exactly and my mentality. Yeah. And I think that can be so empowering. And I, that is something that has been really, really cool to like step into myself the past year has been, well, all of these people are having so much success building a business, having fun doing it, which is literally what you're doing. And like, I see you all the time and I'm like, well, Mindy's having fun building her business. So why can't I have fun building my business? <laughs> um, so how has building the business been going? How, what have you learned? And I don't want to skip over the fact that like you didn't just all of a sudden build a business, right? Like you had been building this and working on it for how, how long? Uh, over two years now. Yeah. So, um, just a little backstory about my business. So my business is called Notorious Bastards. It's like online apparel and it just features a lot of art that's more or less like tattoo inspired. And um, I'm basically just making apparel that like I personally want to wear. <laughs> um, but yeah, what you were saying is, or going off of what you were saying, it definitely didn't just pop up overnight. And I think that's a perspective that people might have like a common misconception is that like hey if I really put my mind to this for like a solid 48 hours then like tomorrow I'm gonna have this like sick ass business like I'm gonna quit my job and like live the high life like but like it's it's it really doesn't work out that way um so going going in a time machine to like three years ago I was working at Stanford at the Children's Hospital. I was a biomedical engineer, and I was at a point in my career where I felt like I had kind of kind of tapped out on that because in that field, you can either work on the tech side or you can work in like the management analytics or like, uh, you know, the not tech side. And I knew I didn't want to ever cross that barrier and not be working in tech. But where I was in tech, I feel like I was kind of at one of like the I was at the position that you wanted to be at as a tech, you know, and there wasn't really anywhere else for me to go. And I lived so long, so much of my life thinking, like literally thinking I was going to work at that hospital, park in the same parking spot, eat the same cafeteria food until I was, I don't know, retirement age and then retire. Like I thought I was going to spend my life at this hospital. Um, and at the time, I had started to grow this big following on my Instagram account, Bacon and Biceps, and it just seemed like such a wasted opportunity for me to not use that following, to not use this reach that I have. And I had this idea that I wanted to start a company of some sort. I had no idea what it was going to be. I just liked the idea of like working towards something that was mine, like just mine. Um, it's like buying a house versus renting. Like when you buy a house, you put money towards it every month you're putting money towards something that you're going to own versus when you just rent an apartment, you're, you're basically just saying like, all right, where's the nearest toilet? How do I flush two grand down it like a month? Like, how do I just flush it down the toilet and like never see it again, not build it towards anything? Like, um, <clears throat> so I went out one day and this was like, this was, I don't know why this was such a big move for me, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to buy a, a notebook that I'm going to dedicate just towards trying to build this business. So I went out and bought this notebook and I really committed to writing in this notebook every day. So, you know, it was like super serious, but like, no, I just had this notebook and I would 
make like all of these lists, like possible names for my business, possible things to sell, possible X, Y, and Z. And after a while I had landed on the name Notorious Bastards. And then I was like, all right, cool. I've got a cool name. What, what can I do with this? And at the time I had this iPad and I used this app called Procreate and I would kind of just draw little things like whatever came to mind, whatever I felt like drawing. Sometimes it was like lettering and other times it was like little characters or whatever. One day I drew a little weed sticker. Like, a, like it wasn't a sticker at the time, but it was like this image and it was a skull smoking a joint and it said, uh, weed will never cheat. And the joint was giving off like a little smoke fume that made the shape of like a broken heart. And it was just like, it was, it was, um, <clears throat> it was not good. <laughs> it was not the best drawing, you know, I'll admit that. But I put it on my um, story and all of a sudden my phone is lighting up from people saying, please put this on a shirt. Please make a sticker. I would totally buy this. Can you send me this? Can I make it my, my phone background? And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like my little, my little brain's going, I can totally just go buy like a hundred stickers of this design from like any sticker company. Go buy a hundred stickers and just put them on my store and just be like, I made stickers. So if you want one, just please DM me and like, I will collect your Venmo or your PayPal and I will mail this to you. So I was doing that and it was really cool for, um, like the first five orders and then after that it was very not cool so i threw everything onto etsy and all of a sudden i had this etsy like notorious bastard sticker shop where i was just making like literally just like mostly weed stickers you know um man those were those were the fun days when you couldn't wake up and just like draw something stupid like i made one i made a sticker that said 840 get twice as high like you know like 420 about like 840 and that was like one of my best selling stickers. But um, I was working full time at this point in my life. And then I was also powerlifting competitively. So I was at the gym for hours, um, five days a week. And then I was also like, uh, I was also, you know, kind of like dating and stuff. Like I met Matt around the same time that I was still doing the sticker thing and like getting into a new relationship and also trying to explain. Like, hey, like, I would love to come over and watch a movie, but I'm also going to be packaging stickers the entire time. I hope that's okay. And, like, luckily, Matt was, like, into it, so that was good. But I eventually got to a point where I was not able to fulfill all of my stickers and not go completely batshit crazy from not doing the things that I was supposed to be doing, like sleeping and, like, doing the laundry and things like that. Um, and then I decided it was time to just, like, branch out how do I how do I make this a little bit more automated and like do a little bit less of the work and that's when I learned about like third-party logistics having like another company just like do all your fulfillment and so I reached out to a company and they were like wait a minute so <laughs> you want to pay us to just package stickers and I was like yeah that's what I do I make stickers and they're like okay uh well just to let you know we're gonna charge you the same amount to package stickers as like, if you were to make like t-shirts, you know? And I was like, okay, this is, this is that big light bulb moment in my head where I was like, this is my chance. This is the universe telling me that I need to make t-shirts for Notorious Bastards. And so I just ran with it. And I hired an artist to like make my first t-shirt designs because I didn't want to just keep putting 
these like really lame weed stickers on like a t-shirt right yeah and um it's so funny because like I completely pivoted this whole image of Notorious Bastards from being this kind of like cannabis like enthusiast brand to um like not mentioning weed at all ever (laughs) so I uh I don't have any weed uh weed shirts or anything on my website or anything like that but I'm happy with that (laughs) I'm gonna say I haven't seen one in a while so I didn't know that that's how it started that's such a funny story yeah that's how it started and I was also kind of like mildly terrified of even launching that because I was like okay so like here I am I'm on Instagram as bacon and biceps and I'm like only posting lifting content and it's so funny because uh I think a lot of people who don't know me but follow me look at my Instagram and it's all lifting content. So they're like, okay, this chick's life is like a hundred percent fitness, but like lifting is like 95% of my Instagram profile, but like 10, 20% of my life, you know, I just don't post anything personal onto my Instagram page. Um, and it sounds funny to say because I have like over a hundred thousand followers, but I am actually a pretty private person. So like, I don't post a lot of like personal things onto my profile. Um, but the, the perception is that I am this person that wakes up and eats, breathes and like bleeds like fitness. And, I, I, you know, I'm just really not that kind of person, but <clears throat> it was like difficult for me to introduce Notorious Bastards, the sticker shop to my followers because it was like, Hey guys, so, um, please use my discount code and support me with the nutrition company I work with, but also buy my weed stickers. Um, that was challenging, but this is just another one of those examples of like making waves. Like, like I personally believe that you can live a healthy lifestyle and have cannabis in it and like smoke weed. And like, it's not going to make you into like a fat sloppy person. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, So I was just like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to launch it. And if people are butthurt about the whole cannabis thing, then they can just unfollow me and like, just like go do whatever the fuck they do, like drink oat milk or something. I don't know. Um, And so I launched it and then it ended up being like kind of popular and it really just like, it really just like boosted my confidence, like my confidence and like, just like my ability to believe in myself for having good ideas, for having cool art, like things like that. And it honestly was such a perfect stepping stone for me just launching the actual apparel company because if I hadn't done this little sticker, like adventure I probably never would have learned this about myself and I would have never ever had the confidence to just be like all right I'm just gonna launch apparel and like sink some money into this and if it doesn't work out then like it'll be really embarrassing because it's such a public thing for me like so I'm really glad that you know the events unfolded as they did and I kind of just um I don't know it's like falling upward like how do you Mm -hmm. fall upward like upstairs or something you know but I just kind of like falling upward and just like one thing led to another thing, which led to another thing. And now Notorious Bathers is like my full-time job. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. It's amazing being your own boss and not having to report to anyone. And I make my own schedule and I can work all day in like a fruit shirt and like, like, oh, okay, this is a podcast and so no one can see what I'm wearing. But just imagine that I'm wearing like the sickest fruit shirt. But <laughs> I can is. just do that now. Like Tommy and- Bahama goes smoothie. Yeah. That's a great description. So one thing that I love is that, you know, when you were talking about 
like this was a really big step for you to just to even post that on your your instagram that like hey i'm selling these things and i think a lot of times what stops us um from doing anything it doesn't have to be building a business but it we get stopped in thinking that we have to have everything figured out and like we have to have a solid bulletproof plan. We have to know what 10 steps down the road is going to look like. And when I started, I know when I started my business, like I had zero idea what I was doing. I was like, I just want to help someone and I'm going to help them feel better. And then I'm going to help someone else feel better. And I'm going to continue to do that in different ways. And like, that's just going to be what it is. And a lot of people that I talk to, because I talk to a lot of coaches, a lot of people that want to start a business and don't know where to start. And they see where we are now and think like, well, I'm, I'm here, right? And I'm at like zero on the ladder rungs and Mindy's at like 150. Like, I don't know how I'm going to get to 150, but you don't have to. And judging, even just like taking your, your start as an example, it was like, you took one step you failed forward. You did like the one thing that was like minorly uncomfortable. You're like, this could go to shit. And it's also okay because I'll figure it out. And I think that's such a valuable lesson to learn is like, it doesn't have to be all figured out. It doesn't have to look a certain way or be perfect for it to be a step in the direction that you want it to be. Yeah. And people have messaged me on like both my accounts on Bacon and Biceps and Notorious Bastards. People have messaged me and said, Hey, I want to start an apparel company, but I don't know like how to start. I don't know where to start. How did you start? And I always give them this advice. Like, okay, if I take a look at one of my best selling t-shirts, right? Like sells out almost every single time. Uh, it'll be, uh, probably the Panther t-shirt, right? So it's just a, it's just a t-shirt. It says Notorious Bastards in this script. And it's a Black Panther head, but it has like these traditional tattoo-esque roses inside. And it's just a really pretty thing to look at. And it's fierce and delicate at the same time. It's one of my favorite t-shirts. It's one of my best-selling t-shirts. And if you were to sit like three years ago, Mindy, down and like the, the Mindy that went out and like went to Target and bought a notebook and was like exhilarated because I was like, I am committing to like trying to start this company. I went and bought a notebook. Like if you sat that Mindy down and showed her this Panther t-shirt, like she would not even believe, she wouldn't believe you. She would not even be able to conceptualize how to get from that point to the Panther t-shirt. You know what I'm saying? And it's one of those things where you can't predict where you're going to end up. Just like if you have a goal in mind, you can't just, you can't just like materialize it out of nowhere. You have to start in the jailhouse. You have to start, you got to put in the work. You have to make your mistakes. Like I've made a ton of mistakes, tons. Like I'm talking about mistakes where I launch something and it does so poorly that I'm like, damn, is like, is Etsy broken or something? Is something wrong with the website? Like what is happening? But it's like, no, it's just like no one liked it. So no one bought it. Like you got to make those kinds of mistakes and like really learn about, <laughs> about yourself. You have to learn about like your audience. You have to learn. Um, you just have to get to know the people that you are selling yourself to, because if you don't do this, you're never going to pinpoint exactly what your audience wants. And I think that's really important. That's so true. And I think it just comes down to a little bit of, being okay with being a beginner and being okay with not having all of the answers because 
when you, whenever you have a big goal or you have a big dream to do something, it comes down to, you have to start over. Like you have to start from zero. You can't start from ladder rung 50. You have to always start at that ground level. So it's just a matter of like being okay, not having the answer and still committing to moving forward. And I love that your like first step was buying your notebook because mine was opening a Trello board on my, on my computer and like the signing up for Trello was like the committing, like that was me. Like I am going to start a business and literally like, I still have all of those things. I'm sure you still have your notebook too. Like going back and looking at all of the things that you've like written down and all the ideas and you're sometimes you like, I don't know about you, but I have so many weird ideas that I'm like, Oh my God, this is the next thing. And I write it down and I have to like write it down and come back to it later and be like, okay, is this actually a good idea? Or am I just having crazy, stupid idea time? And it's been really fun. And I want to know your like creativity process because it's been really fun to just kind of like let myself go crazy there. with creativity. So, um, what is your creative process? What do you like to do? What sets you in the mood to be like business creative? So I'm a really, really big fan of mood boards. And so I'll go and make a mood board on Pinterest and I'll also make little folders on Instagram. Like, you know how you can save an image and then you can go and look at your saved images. Well, you can make folders for your saved images. And so like, if I go and open my Notorious Bastards Instagram account and look at the saved images section, there's like a folder for everything. There's a folder for like snakes and folders for like roses and skeletons and like happy skeletons and like sad skeletons. And like, you know, I have folders for everything. And even if it doesn't like spark a t-shirt design, like right away, I'll still be able to look back at this whole repertoire of like stuff that I saved at some point because I liked it. And in the future, if I come up with like a cool phrase, or if I just if I think of a cool phrase like "forged in fire," I can be like, "Wait a minute! I remember like I have this image of like this really cool anvil that I saved, and I can co- I can make a T-shirt out of that. I can make a forged in fire T-shirt with an anvil and maybe like some flames coming up behind it. Um, it'll be totally sick. And like that's that's basically the creative process is like just saving a bunch of images and looking through it. Like, I get a lot of people that ask me, you know, um, okay, so for people who are listening and can't see me, I am pretty heavily tattooed. Like, I have a full Japanese bodysuit that goes from my wrists up to my shoulders down to my hamstrings. So it's like a big tattoo, like a gigantic tattoo. (laughs) And people ask me all the time, like, how did you decide what to get tattooed? Like, how did you commit to this? And how did you commit to that? And for me, like, it started with just my sleeves and... I had a Pinterest folder of like tattoo ideas. I think I named it something really generic. And I would literally scroll through Pinterest. Any photo of a tattoo that I saw that I liked, I would just save it to that folder. And then I would just go through it later on and just keep refining it. Like, okay, I don't like this image anymore. I'm going to take it out. And after months of doing this, I like finally had my tattoo appointment. And I walked in and I showed my tattoo artist my Pinterest folder of like these tattoos that I like. He goes, well, it's mostly just flowers and snakes. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, I guess I like flowers and snakes. He goes, okay, cool. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tattoo um, flowers and snakes. And I was like, wow, it's so crazy how that worked out. Uh, you know, like narrow down all of these options because I think for someone else who 
like has zero tattoos and wants to get a tattoo and it's just like I don't know what to get and it's like well do you know what you like do you even have a ballpark like ballpark um idea of like the things that you like versus the things that you don't like like so I always recommend making that Pinterest board to just save the photos that are like inspiring to you save the photos that you're like okay I could definitely see myself having this tattoo so I'm just gonna save it and like look back at it later and if I don't like it in three months then I'll take it out no big deal um same exact mindset for coming up with a t-shirt design obviously a t-shirt design is a little bit less permanent than getting a tattoo but it's the same it's the same shit right same shit different day it's different color whatever um I just save a bunch of photos from from everything like other artists on Instagram, graphic designers, I'll save like album art from bands or if like Hypebeast posts about some ridiculous shoe that has like a cool color combination, I'll save that photo because I'm like, these are colors I would never think about using, but I fuck with it. So I'm just going to put it in this folder and look at it later and maybe it'll inspire me to create something um, different or unique, you know? That's, so, um, that's such a cool process because as a creative too, like, I literally when I'm running and I see somebody wearing a t-shirt I'll like bring up my notepad on my iPhone and be like yellow blue this was here this was there and then like later I don't know what it says because it's all jumbled because I'm like shaking but but like one of the important things and I wonder what like you have to say about this too is I always thought like growing up being super creative and artsy that like um everything I put out had to just come from my brain like it couldn't come from other places. Like, like it had to be my own or else it was like stealing. And it's been a huge realization to be like, oh, I can be inspired by this and I can like take pieces of this. And like, this was really cool. And like this type face is really cool. I can just use that instead of like running myself crazy, trying to figure something from nothing. You know what I mean? Well, let me ask you a question. Have you ever watched like a Quentin Tarantino film like Inglorious Bastards or like so, uh, good. so good? What's the one that just came out about Hollywood? What's it called? Once, Once upon, upon a time, time in Hollywood. Hollywood. Once upon a time. Once upon a time. Sorry, my English today is just like not great. But Once upon a time in Hollywood, um, Quentin Tarantino has this like trademark characteristic of his movies where he takes real events that happened in history. And he puts his own twist on it and he just like shits out these beautiful, amazing, awesome movies. And that's his process is he takes these events that happened and he goes, how do I make this just like better? How do I put this storyline into a movie? And at the end of it, everyone comes out and goes, fuck yeah. yeah. And that's like, he just is like a living example of how you can, you can borrow things that are already existing and make it your own. And I think that's really unique about him and his movies and I think that's part of the reason why he's so wildly successful but if he can do that with movies I mean surely you can do that with anything right with like drawing with typography uh musicians do it all the time like I'm sure you've seen in the news like oh like this this artist was sued because they ripped off this beat from like this other person but like I mean, that gets a little bit more messy because there's like these legalities involved. But my point is, is you can definitely borrow things that you like and put your twist on it. And if you're still doing that, you're, you're still an artist for doing that. Let oh, me yeah. tell you. you can play every 90s alternative song with the same three chords. Like, guarantee it. They might throw a D in the bridge and that's about it. Oh, but yeah. I, feeling spicy. I fuck with 90s alternatives because I only need to learn four chords on the guitar to be able to play it. Exactly. Um, 
But I think that that's such an incredible way to even just encompass this entire conversation. Like you found skateboard culture, right? In high school, which is so formative. I mean, I'm going to get a little psychology here, but when we are individuating, when we're finding ourselves, it's not, not, not a single one of us plops into high school and is like, this is who I am. I'm super confident. I found me. No. Okay. Seriously, homegirl, you're 14. No, you did not. Like, <laughs> What people do is it's almost like, I don't know what I am, but I know I'm not that. Right. So that's when so many people rebel against their parents. They rebel against all the things they've been, the shoulds, right. They stop mm-hmm. shooting on themselves and they start exploring and going to the polar opposite end of, excuse me, those things. But you only know that the opposite end exists because someone did it, right? And I know like that was the most inspiring thing for me with fitness was like walking into a CrossFit gym the first time and watching girls just rep out muscle ups. And there was never a point in my mind that I was like, I can't do that. It was like, oh, if she can, I can for sure figure out how to do this, you know? And so I think it's so cool that you can take all of these inspirations and make them into the notorious bastard that is Mindy and be willing <laughs> to like walk through your life making waves as this for- force inspiring change and like being, you know, to go back to what you've said in the very beginning of the show, like being this beacon of light for someone else wanting to live this kind of life, like showing that it's possible, which I think is so, so cool. Yeah, I think a big part of the Notorious Bastards brand and like the the message behind it is to just, it, it sounds so simple, but just be you, just be unapologetically you. Like, don't be a sheep and just fall in line and do what everyone else is doing just because they're doing it. Like, go against the grain, even if it makes you or other people uncomfortable and just have like, just champion independent thought. Like, stop worrying about what other people are doing and how you can make yourselves like other people. Maybe worry about what you're doing and why it's not making you happy or why it's not making you feel fulfilled. And whatever it is, think about it and then go out and execute. Do whatever you need to do to to feel happier, to feel like you're living a more fulfilling life. And not just that, but live a more fulfilling life to your standards, not not someone else's. That's a big, big part of the Notorious Bastards brand. If that isn't the biggest call to action right now for listeners, like take your headphones out, park your car if you're listening, get out the bubble bath if you chose to listen to this podcast in the bubble bath and like go fucking be about something. Go be about you and dig it. Many people, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to probably say something really stupid, but I was just going to say like (laughs) if – if like listening to this podcast even inspires one person to go out and do something that like they never thought they could do, like if like if even one person goes out and goes, you know what, I'm gonna go buy some rollerblades and I'm gonna go rollerblade because that's what I want to do. I want a rollerblade. Like I'd be like, fuck yeah, dude. I support it. I support dream chasers. Send me your rollerblading videos. I want to see it. I bought rollerblades yesterday. I'm not even kidding you. I was like, I'm getting into blading. <laughs> Oh my god, is that what is that what they call it? Is blading? I think I don't know. That's what I call it. But I'm I'm determined. I'm gonna go be that like San Diego like little PB 
blader that like has my music going i'm i'm psyching <laughs> okay so i've blades too so we're gonna have to hit the boardwalk but i fall like every three seconds but i always get back up but it might be embarrassing for you hey that's that's like the ethos of this show fail forward fall down stand up be about some shit mindy if people want to get a hold of you follow you watch your journey watch your weightlifting get a hold of notorious bastards how do they do it yeah, so Notorious Bastards is pretty easy to find. Uh, we're on Instagram as Notorious Bastards, and you can also just visit the website, NotoriousBastards.com. My personal Instagram is Bacon and Biceps, just spelled out exactly as it sounds. Uh, not a lot of bacon content, but there's a lot of me content, so, you know, give it a follow if you want to, or, or not, it's fine. Awesome. Well, we'll link all of that in the show notes. Mindy, thank you so much for being on the show. We can't wait to have you back. Thanks for having me. This was fun. I would like for that to serve as like a public service announcement to all of the <laughs> mouth breathers out there and the people who are just chomping like horses. So if you're listening and you are one of those people, please stop it. Honestly, fuck it to death. Like, <laughs> I hate mouth noises and I can't stand the sound of people chewing. Even sometimes, like, sitting on the couch, Matt will be, like, chomping away at pretzels and I'm just, like, slowly dying on the inside, but, like, not wanting to say anything. Do I need to grab a ventilator right now? Like, do you, are you good, dude? Like, something about men, once they hit, like, 35, then it's just, like, all the noises come out. This is why I'm single forever, ladies. Like, I'm actually crying. That was so funny. <laughs> what is redneck with hippie tendencies? Like, what does that mean? How do I become a part of this? I do, okay, I do woo-woo shit. I, like, make my potions, and I worship the moon, and I do all this witchy stuff. But I, I have also, more questions now. <laughs> go on, go on. I also, like, love Coors Light. Love it with my whole heart. Like, I go to a bar and people are like, can I have your most, like, stack of nickels, glass of beer? And I'm like, oh, God, hops. Yeah, same. Also holding a churro in my other hand. I'm a piece of shit, like, I'm not gonna say that. But like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying though? Like, that's like how to be better, how to be a better Mindy.